Good morning, Christ community. Boy, I can hardly, there we go. Oh, I'm so glad. I thought I was going to talk in the darkness this morning. It's so great to see all of y'all this morning. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to take my coat off. I'm feeling a little loose this morning, so I'm just going to kind of, going to take my coat off here and get comfortable. I'm just excited to be with y'all. I'm excited to be anywhere. I've been this past week in Black Mountain, North Carolina. Have you ever, anybody been to Black Mountain, North Carolina before? Yeah, both of us. Okay. It was, a, oh no, I'm sorry, three of us. It was, um, I've been up there on a mountain all week long at a Blue Ridge Conference on Leadership, 96th Annual. I've been doing their spiritual formation stuff for about five years. It's been exciting to do that. And I came home, picked up my, my community, and we came here Sunday, today, to be with y'all. So excited. Been looking forward to it all week long. And I um, want to thank Keith for inviting me to come today. Hey, look, I've known Keith and Donna. I've been here a lot helping and, and, and preaching when Keith's gone or whatever. And um, I used to tell you how long I've known Keith and Donna. It's gotten to the point where I don't tell you that anymore. I've just known them for a long time. Okay, do you know what I mean by that, long time? And so um, we have a lot of history together. And um, this time my family's with me, which I'm excited about. And my extended family's with me, which I'm excited about. They haven't been with me the last few times. And um, in case you don't know me, in case you've never seen me before, I was the guy that did the Google Map message a couple months ago. Somebody out there said, are you the Google Map guy? And I said, yeah. And they said, oh, yeah, I remember you. I said, okay, great. <laughs> so that's good. I was known for Google Maps. So anyway, um, I'm excited to be here, as you can tell, but I am a little laid back, so I'm going to be a little bit laid back this morning, and I'm going to take out my iDevice and put it on the table. Um, if, you, if you have a bulletin with you, on the back is a blank message note part, okay? And I would love for you to write anything that comes to your mind during this time. If something comes to your mind, a grocery list, whatever it might be, put it down, okay? Put it down. Because um, I hope that there'll be something that's said this morning that you might take with you, that you might use, okay? And um, we're, going to, we're going to talk this morning about a lot of things, and there'll be a lot of scripture references that I'll point out that I want you to write down. And um, I'm just excited to be with y'all. So let's, let's talk to God together, and then we'll take off with this message, okay? And I wanted to let the guys in the back know that I'm going to... Um, probably be pretty deliberate on my screen, on, on, on the changing of the slides, okay? Because like I said, I'm pretty laid back this morning, so we'll see how it goes. Let's bow our heads together. And now, Father, what I say at this time, um, this whole worship service experience that we've had together, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for this community. Thank you so much for what it means to my family. And thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to come and share my heart of what I feel like you've given me. And may our hearts come together this morning as we talk about you, as we're talking about you. Would you bless everything that happens? Uh, bless what I say, all that we do. And may we leave here changed people because we are a forgiven people. We all fall short in so many ways, but through your forgiveness, we're able to come and worship you and be with you and to, and to love you and to feel your love and to be together. So during this time, bless all that's done, and most importantly, what we take from here. May it all be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the title this morning that I want to talk about is Why Community is So Important. Why is community so important? Now, will you say these words so important to me? So important. Say it one more time. So important. 
Okay. Now, when I wrote that title down, is it great? When I wrote that title down, so important, I was thinking, holy cow, my, my English composition teacher in 12th grade is going to say, Jeff, now it's not why is community so important, it's why is community important. You don't need the so. But for me to get my point across, i got to have the word so. So my apologies to Mrs. Hecker if she's in, in here this morning. Um, and, and so I'm asking the question, why community is so important? My family drove in here this morning, and when we drove in here, we saw Christ Community Church. It's in your name. Christ Community Church. Why is community so important? I want to ask that a question for you this morning because as I was driving through and looked, I saw Christ Community Church, and people would drive by, and it's a community of faith. It's a community of faith. Have you seen the new Apple campus by any chance? The Apple, if you're an iDevicey guy, an Apple-y kind of guy, you probably have a picture of this in your house somewhere. But Apple's building a new campus. Did you know that? They're building a new campus. It's in the round. Do you have that picture on those slides that you can show them? There it is. Isn't that awesome? It's in a circle. It's in a circle. Now, I'm asking, keep that up there for me. I'm asking the question this morning, why is community so important? Why are we here this morning? Why are you here this morning? Why are we coming on Sunday to be a part of this community of faith, to be a part of any community of faith in the whole country, in the whole world? Why is community so important? Now, you're going to come up with Jeff. You're not talking about community. You're talking about church. Well, yeah, I'm talking about church, but when you think of church and when the world thinks about church, they think about buildings. And a lot of church people think about buildings. But really what this is, is a community of faith. The starters of Christ Community Church thought it was so important, they would call it Christ Community Church. It's a Christ community. It's a community of faith. It's a church. It's a community, see? And what's funny is, we can get church so many ways this time, in this time period. We can get church so many ways. You can watch them on the web. You can do all sorts of stuff. I'm going to pull my microphone out a little bit here because it's coming off of me. We can get church so many ways. You can go on the web, you can get messages, you can do webcams, but yet we come here. We come here as a community. And churches do that all around the country. Why? Why is it so important to do that? Apple's building this, this campus, and you see it's in around there, and it's got this ecosystem right in the middle of it. Now here is the, the leader of iDevices. And yet, they choose to build a brand new billion dollar campus in the round with a kind of an ecosystem in the middle of it. Isn't that amazing? I'm sure they conduct meetings online all the time that they don't need buildings. They don't need to have buildings because they do it online all the time, I'm sure, around the world with their suppliers and stuff. Yet, they thought it was so important to build an Apple community to which in the middle, you come together and you do your thing. Did you know that studies show that church attendance is going down? Since 2011, there was this, it was pretty constant until 9-11 hit in 2001. But then after that, there was a spike. And then, after the spike, it started declining. Why is it so important to be here this morning? I want to share with you four things that I want to share with you. And the scripture, let, let, me, let me say this to you before we go any farther. Those articles I read about the attendance and about church and things of this nature, everybody freaks out. Oh my gosh, attendance going down. Christianity is not important anymore. Can I say that this is not the first time in the history of mankind 
that there's been issues with attendance, that there's been issues with church, with Christianity around the world, stuff like that, quote unquote, what people think are issues. This ancient text here addresses everything we would ever and will ever go through in our life as a community and as individuals. And, and the writer in Hebrews talks about this. He brings it up. And I want to read to you this morning that passage that I want to talk out of this morning. It's in chapter 10, and there it is. Don't you see? Holy Toledo. That's a lot of words. Okay, but let's go through it together. It's Hebrews chapter 10, verses 10 through 20, uh, 19 through 25, and here's what it says. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Now, this is all groundwork. By a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Now here's the part I want to get to. Not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You see, all these articles about whether attendance is up or down, memberships up or down, Christianity is going up, going down, you have to take everything with a grain of salt because it's always been that way. It was happening back there in the time of Hebrews. And he's writing, hey, don't forsake this. It's so important. Some folks might, but don't forsake it. It is so important, these communities. And what I want to look at this morning is I want to look at four key words that we can talk about why it's so important, okay? And I want you to write these down with me. The first word I want you to write down is the word engagement. Now, you can put in parentheses engagement with God and with each other. Now, how many single folks do we have here? That's fantastic. Oh, okay, good. We got a few because what I don't want you to do is go home and say, man, I'm going to get engaged next week. I'm so excited. I get engaged by coming. Now, you might get engaged. I mean, my wife and I got engaged to the church. I met her in the church and we got engaged, but it might happen. But that's not what I'm saying for sure, all right? What I'm saying is community is so important because of the engagement that happens when we come here. We engage with each other. We engage with God. We engage with each other, with the facility, with the atmosphere, with all the things happening. We're engaging with each other. And I love how the writer writes this. He doesn't say, hey, you know what you guys need to do? You guys need to draw near to God. That's what you need to do. You guys need to do this. You guys need to do that. And you guys need to not forget to assemble together. You guys need to stay together. He doesn't say that. He says, let us together, we, all of us together. He puts him in the category. And he says, look, it's important that we all do this. We draw near with a sincere heart. We hold fast to the confession of our hope together. And don't do it apart, but do it together. The engagement of each other. It is so important to do that. See, Christianity is a faith. And we talk so much about it being a personal thing between us and God, and it is personal. But there is a corporate component to it as well that's just as vital as the personal part. We may personally engage with Jesus and we accept him as our personal Lord and Savior, but then there is a corporate part, an assembling part, that's got to happen. Did you know today that back in 2005... Okay, well, let me, let me, before I say that, I want to say this. Today we live in a world that we are becoming more and more isolated with each other. 
The things we do are isolating ourselves and we don't even think it's happening because we think we're really engaging. But in truth, we're isolating ourselves. Eye devices and social media and things of this nature, scientists and engineers who study sociology are just beginning right now to understand how the more we think we're engaging with people, we're actually isolating ourselves more. Because there's a one-dimensional communication going on here and not a multi-dimensional. And a long time ago, used to say, people used to say, now you need to watch your mouth, you're talking too much. And today's time is fixing to become popular to say, hey, look, give your thumbs a rest and talk to me with your mouth a little bit, you know? You know, 2005, there was a study done. 7% of adults were on social media. Today, it's over 65% are on social media. And did you know that almost 80% of those adults on social media fudge about how good their situation is because they don't want to be conveyed in a negative light? They want to put up them, prop themselves up. Isn't that amazing? And that's just adults who are getting in on it late. What about the young kids that have been doing it since? You see, the studies, it's, it's amazing. It was sort of like smoking. Everybody smoked when it first came out. No one thought anything was bad about it and everything. And then when everyone, and, and finally science has started, hey, this is bad for us. And now we've gotten to some of the lowest smoking rates ever because we've realized how dangerous it is. But back then, everybody did it. They thought it was okay, no big deal. It's kind of the same thing, and it's isolating us. Let me put this in real terms for you. I, I was gone a lot this past week. I was gone the week before. I've been gone a lot. Can I tell you, with my family, there's a big difference. When I'm gone from my family, it, it really is hard for me. I'm gone with my family, and, and my daughter, Abby, she calls me almost every day to check in with me. I love to hear her voice, but there's nothing like when I come home and have them all hug me. When I talk to them, it's one-dimensional. But when I come home and they all come and give me a hug, they line up, tallest to shortest, and they give me a hug, you know, actually because I give them allowance to do that. If they don't do it, I don't pay them. No, I'm kidding with that. It's just a joke, just a joke. But I thought to myself, what if I, what if I came home one day and, and they're on the couch and I walk in, I'm home, drop the suitcase, and they go, hi, Dad. But they don't. There's a big difference there, multidimensional. That's what engagement is all about. It's all about that. Um, I, I got, uh, Sarah and I, my oldest daughter and I, we went to a worship conference at a church. We walked in there. It, there were about 50, 60, 70 people in this room, and we walked into the worship, we signed in, and we went into this huge auditorium. We walked in there, and we sat down kind of on the back row. We were new to the conference, to the church and everything. We're sitting there, and there wasn't a sound. We looked around. They're all sitting there, and they're all doing this. wasn't a sound. I looked at Sarah and I said, this is before she got an eye device, before she was pre-technologically. -tech I said, what's going on there? And she said, they're all looking down. I said, yeah, they're all sitting there texting. And she goes, wow. You know, then they came in and started, everybody's sitting so close together, but they were so far apart. You see, there's a guy, a famous photographer I saw this week taking pictures of people without their eye device like a husband and wife sitting on a couch, and the husband's laying right here on the, on the leg of the lady sitting on the couch, and he's going like this, and she's going like this, and the eye device is gone. And when you take the eye device away, you just see how isolated they are. You see? Community, we, we, this community is so vital to the community it exists in. 
to provide people the opportunity to engage at a much deeper level than they do all during the week. That's why community is so important, so important. Um, taking Sarah to the dentist. We're sitting there, 7.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, whatever time it was, we're sitting there as quiet as it could be. Everybody's sitting there. It's amazing. I, I listen to Ephesians. Well, actually, I've got Matthew 18, 20. Where two or three have gathered together in my name, there I'm in my midst. See? Coming together. Gathering together. It's where we are. Now, um, um, Dave McCauley spoke at the um, conference this past week, and he said something that I want to apply to this point. He said this. As a church community, listen to this. Christ community, listen to this. The more concerned that we become with things we can't control, um, the, less you, the less you will do to improve the things you can control. We can't control what's happening in the world with these things. Our entire world is becoming online now. Our entire world is becoming part of an eye device. We can't control that. There's so many good to this. There's calendars. There's so many good ways that this can be used. But we can control what we do here. And we can control the emphasis on the community coming together. Look at the second word with me real quick. Put down the word entanglement. And write in parentheses after it, freedom from. Now, when you look at Scripture, there are two ways you do it, at least the way I practice it. The first way is this. You take the passage you're looking at, and you look at it from far away. And then you look at it real close. Now, I, I pointed out some real close things about it. I just want to pull away a little bit. And on your outline, you can write Hebrews 10, 11, and 12. Now, I want you to notice what happens. He's talking about a community here, this assembling together. And when you go to the next chapter, which there weren't chapters in these letters, it was just one flowing manuscript. But when you look at chapter 11, he talks about faith. And we've always talked about this as a faith chapter. But really, if you put community, he talked about a little earlier, with this part, it's like a community of faith. And he talks about these giants of the faith. He brings up Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob, all these faith champions. And then he goes to chapter 12. And he says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Now, when I read that from far away, that to me is a community statement. You know why community is so important? Because as a group, we come to help detangle each other. We live in a society now where it's hard not to get tangled up. And the church more and more has got to be that beacon of a hospital that helps folks who want to come and clean themselves up and, and get reconciled with God more than it's ever been before. Because a world needs it. This community needs it. And when we come in here, this is a detangling area, you know? You remember that scripture of Jesus when the first thing he did when he went out in ministry, he took the 12 disciples and he went up on a mountain and he, he got tempted by the devil. You remember that, that scripture? No, right? Because it's not in there. How did he go up on the mountain to get tempted by the devil? He went, how was he? He was alone, yeah. He was by himself. The, 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 the community here is so great because it's a place where we can come and kind of detangle ourselves from what's happened in the week. We can detangle ourselves from the things that we've gotten caught up in. That God can come and say, I love you. And then when you leave here, you're energized to want to conquer it, to try to conquer it again. But this community is so important for accountability, to be together and say, hey, I'm, I'm here to help you. I'm just like you are in different ways. We all come together. 
It's such a great thing. It's such an awesome thing, but, but, but we have to catch it as a church. Old Peter, back in the disciples' days, you know when he denied Jesus three times? It was when he got taken apart from the rest of the group. He was by himself. You see? It's such an isolating place out there, yet this community of faith is so great to help detangle each other and help each other do what's great together as a community of faith, which is walk with God. We come here and we say, God, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for letting us off. And we want to leave and we want to we worship you with our life as we leave the place. Um, this past, um, three weeks ago, I went on vacation. We always do ours in September instead of the summertime because it's so hot. So we wait till September. And when we were in the school systems, they'd get mad at us and we'd say too bad. And we would take them out for a week and go on vacation. Well, since I have four kids and my youngest ones are seven and five, we always go to the mouse house. Okay. So we went down to the mouse house and we saw this musical. Have y'all ever seen the Finding Nemo, Finding Nemo musical in Animal Kingdom? Y'all ever seen that musical? Okay. Okay, you and I can talk about it afterwards because it's really cool. If you haven't seen this musical, um, it is really awesome. It's a really cool thing. In fact, I won't admit it to my kids, but it's one of my favorite things that we do when we're there. And um, I'm not an Animal Kingdom fan, but I am that musical fan. I like to see it. There's a part in this play I want to show you that will illustrate the entanglement brilliantly. Let me, let me set it up. Nemo, you know Finding Nemo, the movie, right? Okay. Nemo is found. So the dad finds Nemo. And Dory, she's there too, okay? And so, so Nemo gets found, and then all of a sudden, you remember the part where the, the grouper net, where the grouper comes in and snatches Dory up with all the grouper and everything? Remember that part? Yeah, okay, great. Oh, you remember that part? Well, well um, all the young ones are going, yeah! The old ones are going. So, um, yeah, the grouper net comes down and catches Dory, and then Nemo wants to go rescue them. And the dad is going, no, no, son, don't do that. You can't do that. In other words, the dad is going, you've saved yourself. Don't go save them. They're locked. There's no way they can do it. And Nemo says, dad, I've got to do it. And he goes in there. And I want you to watch what happens. This is a great way to illustrate this with this musical because it's only a minute and a half. The movie was like six and a half minutes. So I want you to see this and check it out, okay?
That's a beautiful illustration of what a community is all about. Being together when you come in here. We're all imperfect. We come in here, we come together as a community of faith, and we break the net of entanglement together. You see, helping each other. It's, it's a cool thing. It really is, but it's something that you have to catch. It's something that you have to catch, the importance of community, um, this interaction that happens together. Now, the third word put down for me is the word encouragement. Encouragement. Now, you, you saw in that on the, the main passage, verse 25, let us encourage one another. You know what the cur- word courage means? I've always thought of encourage, the word courage meaning you're going to help somebody climb a mountain. You're going to help somebody do something so big beyond their capability. But the word encourage actually means you're instilling courage. You're giving somebody the courage. You're, you're heartening them. You're giving them life. You're giving them the ability to face whatever it is that to them is a mountain. It may not be a literal mountain. It may be an emotional one. And maybe something they struggle with that they see or something deep inside that they don't see or that anybody doesn't see, everyone doesn't see. That's the key. Write this phrase down. I don't have a slide for it. Write this phrase down. I learned this a couple of weeks ago, heard this. It's a great phrase. Encouragement received is priceless. Encouragement given is free. Now, we also think of encouragement as being something we say to somebody. But can I tell you, the mere presence of us being here as a community can be encouraging. There was a church I was working with two or three months ago and helping them with their mission statement and vision statement. And after one of the services, that's one of those Sundays, a guy came up to me. I'd been talking to him on leadership. And he said, oh, here comes Mary. Get ready. I'm like, what? She comes right over here. I've got to have my hug. She didn't know me for me. <laughs> she comes over and gives me this big hug. She goes, thank you. She walked off. And I said, who was that? She said, he said, that was Mary. She hugs <laughs> for encouragement. And I felt encouraged. The next Sunday, I was expecting my hug. I came up to Mary. I said, she was finished in a grasp. And she came, where's my hug? She gave me a hug. Now, she did it as a way to hug, but I wonder if it wasn't for a way for her to receive the encouragement of a hug. You see? It's what community's all about. One of the biggest examples um, of, of, of encouragement is what happened with the roll with Bama. Alabama, roll tide. Roll tide. Thank you very much. All three of us again. This is my amen corner over here. Everybody else is War Eagle, I know, I know. Did y'all know before the Ole Miss game, Nick Saban has radio show, and they had been booing the, our field goal kicker, because if you're a Bama fan, you know we've been struggling with our field goal kicker, Adam, poor Adam, I feel so bad for him, I want to I lift him up and say, man, just, you're doing so well. Well, he actually said on his radio show, he said, look, we got recruits coming this weekend, it would really help us if you guys understand the community you are, the powerhouse of home field advantage, that you would cheer us on and not boo us. You can boo me. But don't boo my players, and don't boo your players who are out there trying so hard. And you know what? Before that encouragement, the kicker was 0 for 4. And old Adam, since then, has been 80%, missed only two field goals, 80% 
since that pep talk. During the game, when the commentators, which I'm not a fan of, um, the commentators, they, they commented about the kicker and the whole situation. You could hear the crowd cheering him on when he ran out there. It gave you goose pimples. Or as Eli said this morning, bumps. Polka dots. It gave me polka dots on my arms. Because he was, he was running off after making that 20 or 40 yard or whatever it was, and they were cheering him on. It is an awesome thing. You, this is home field to us. This is our community. And people come in as home field. This is, and so it's so important when folks come, new people come, that we say, hey, man, welcome. Welcome to our stadium. This is awesome. We're so glad you're here. You're a recruit. We're so glad, see? It, and you encourage each other with that sort of thing. It's a neat thing. Okay. I want to bring up the last word with you. It's the word empowerment. Empowerment. Let us spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, which I don't think I have a slide of. As you come back, and I was reading the entanglement part, he says, we have this cloud of witnesses. Not only is it important for this community, but we have a cloud of witnesses cheering us on, a community of faith up there, helping us lay aside all the encumbrances and the sin which so easily entangles us and, and enables us to run with endurance that race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. There's nothing more powerful than a community of faith that has its eyes focused on Jesus. There's nothing more powerful than that. And the best way I can illustrate that personally um, we, you know, we, we all bring all different things to the table. All of us do. We bring different gifts. We bring different personalities. We bring all sorts of different things. And we come together to encourage and empower each other. Um, when I was in junior high school, I was a seventh grader. Back then it was K through six, elementary, seven through nine, junior high, 10 through 12, senior high. So it was wonderful. And I was seventh grade. I wanted to play the trumpet. So my dad bought me a trumpet. And I was sitting in the band room. It was, a, it was a room about this size, only there was like four levels going up. And I was sitting right there on the front row with about four other guys. And he was teaching us how to play trumpet. And I never will forget the camel caravan that we had to play. You know how it sounded? It's like, bum, 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 Okay? That was good, wasn't it? Come on, give me some. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And we had to learn that. And we played it over and over and over again. And then the four of us got our first piece of music. And during this time of the 70s, the biggest show on TV was the Battlestar Galactica. And my part was a mere second or third trumpet part. I don't remember. I think it was second trumpet. And I was like the last chair of the second trumpets. And the part went like this. And this is why I'll never forget it, because it made such an impact, really. It went. bum ba da da bum bum ba da da bum 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 now, 
All you Trekkie, Star Wars, and Battlestar Galactories were going in your mind. When I was doing my second trumpet part, you know you were. Can we go ahead and have confession testimony? Anybody? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. Well, we did that toward the end. And then it was like a two-month break before summer band camp started. And I was home practicing that part every day. My dad was going, please, son. Please wait till I go to work, you know? And I got into that band room, and I was on the back row. It was four levels up, and I was on the second trumpet. It was the back row, and the only people behind me were the tubas. And sometimes, don't say anything about this, sometimes they would spit, you know, and you'd see this stuff flying, you know what I'm saying? I could say, I could name some names, but this goes on the Internet, and I don't want to name names because... I've been in touch with them on Facebook. You know, I'm one of the 65 that's been on Facebook, 65%. And, um, and so we get up there, and Mr. Dodd gets up there. He just walks right in from the band room, and I'm scared to death. All, it was flurrying with activity. People were everywhere. I mean, it was just hundreds of people to me as a little seventh grader. And, and Mr. Dodd comes up to the podium and looks out over everybody. <laughs> Battlestar on four, you know? And he went, he went, one, two, three, four. And when he did that number, this is what it sounded like. Kick it. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. I found the closest one to my band that year. Here we go. All these people. I had these bumps rising up on my arm. The hair was coming up on the back of my neck. What did you turn it down for? Crank it up. There we go. The French horns were coming right here so beautifully. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Big finish right here. Listen to that. Isn't that awesome? Just one more time, I promise. It wasn't done yet, see? Nice, brief ending. Big ending right here. Isn't that awesome? Now, I used to do music. I used to direct bands and choral stuff. Now, don't think I was just getting my directing out for I haven't done it in about 10 years. That's not what I was trying to do. Did you notice how he went down with the volume and went back up with the volume? That was accidental because I asked him to crank it up the whole time. But it really does prove a point of what I'm trying to say with how effective a community of faith is. Those folks played all different type of instruments. When they brought them all together, it made that. And, and I could not believe it. I was a band guy forever after that. I was a band geek. And you can thank me afterwards because I've just secured the Trekkies, the Star Wars folks, the Battlestar people. They'll be here for the next month now because they heard this. They went, wow, they played that at church. I'm back. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, but, but what I'm saying to you is that, what I'm saying to you is that, Christ's community 
how you empower each other and how you empower the community is up to you. If you're going to play the music loud, if you're going to play the music soft together, it's up to y'all. And you see how powerful it was the louder it was on empowering each other to live and to serve. Keith's serving right now. He's in Indiana speaking for his buddy, Bert, former president of Go International. You guys, he's been here before. He's there serving and helping there, you see, for this week. That's why he asked me to be here. But you guys have, you guys have such an opportunity. But we got to not forget what is so important about community. My apologies, Mrs. Hecker. It is so important. It is so important. Okay? Engagement. Entanglement. Together. See? Encouragement. You never know. And empowerment. The world is changing, folks. It's changing. How will Christ's community respond to the change? As the band comes up, let us pray. Oh God, you knew what you were doing when you formed communities of faith. Jesus and the disciples, you knew exactly what you were doing when you started that first little church with the 12 and the many more that gathered. And then after that, when you died and rose again and started the catalyst with your Holy Spirit of the church, you knew what you were doing. Thank you, God, for creating such an awesome community for a place where we can come and communicate and, and hug and, t- and, and talk and, and grow and sharpen each other and, and let each other up and to grow together and to be stronger together than we are isolated. This morning, God, we come before you and we boldly ask you to help us in the isolation of the world during the week. We ask you, God, to empower us to to never forsake what's happening in the present here for what happens all through the week through technology and communication and all the different ways of one-dimensional communicating. Grow us, God, how you've called us to be. We thank you for your presence here, for your love, and for your understanding as we come before you. Empower us to live this next week as we leave today. We love you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.